everybody. Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. Uh, okay, here's the deal. Merry Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> We're recording this in mid-October. Uh, or I guess it's later in October. But if, if this posts when I think it's going to post, we'll be smack dab in the middle of the Christmas season. So, Merry Christmas. Season's greetings. To all a good night, right? Yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, uh, so yeah, that, that was Josh Long. He's here. You remember me. Yeah. From, from such from who minisodes knows? as... From such minisodes as... The Godfather, the Godfather Part 2. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> um, and maybe Rocky. Yes, he was in that one too, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are going to uh, charge on along. We are talking about the best picture of 1973, which is George Roy Hill's The Sting written by David S. Ward. Winner, best picture, director, original screenplay, art direction, costume design, editing, and original score. Nominated for best actor, cinematography, and sound. All right. Now, by Josh, by your own admission, you haven't seen The Sting in a while. In a while. Okay. I've seen it probably three or four times in my life. Okay. Uh, the most recent time is probably a few years ago at this point. I've I've seen enough that I have a very strong memory for it. Um. Have you only seen it once? Yes, I've only seen it once. What was your reaction to it at the time? How old were you, first off? I was during college, I think. So I was probably, I guess I was like 20, 21. Okay. Somewhere around And what was your response to it at the time? I liked it. Okay. I was going through a lot of classic films at that period, I think. Seeing a lot of stuff, catching up with a lot of things that I had just never seen before. And that was one of those ones that you've heard of a lot. Um, I think I had already seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid before. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was familiar with the whole Newman Redford pairing thing. I've still never seen that movie. No, really? Yeah. I feel like you would like that one. I've heard it was overrated, but maybe that's just a function of it having been a cl- considered a classic for so long. Yeah, I think I think we're far enough away from it now that it doesn't have that stigma anymore of it being like, oh, everybody has seen this, everybody yeah. loves this. I feel like now it'd be easier to come with it to it with fresh eyes. Okay, and I, I think I think you'd probably enjoy it for that. That is that is one of the uh, the outstanding films that uh, that and we mentioned. On an episode like a month and a half ago that I also, at the time, had not seen uh, Harold and Maude. Maybe by now I have. Mm, what, but and how do you feel about it? I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Ugh, I now guess. you have to make it true. You know what? You should say both yes. things. And then after, if you have seen it by the time we get to this part, you can edit in which oh, version nice. uh, you want to say. Absolutely. And if you haven't seen it yet, you can just scrap this episode altogether. No problem. Way ahead of you on that one. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So the sting, so you remember it well. I don't know anybody that doesn't like the sting. It yeah. is a, it's an inarguably likable movie. Yeah. And I think what gets me about it as an Oscar winner, because we've talked in the past about movies that seem like Oscar winners Mm -hmm. and the sting is wedged in between two Godfather movies. Yeah. Um, and a couple, (laughs) and a couple years away from Patton. It's kind of like a palate cleanser between the Godfathers, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) They're like long and uh, dark to a degree and serious. And, uh, and the sting is like fun and, 
it's very slight and I don't yeah. mean that in a, ba- in a bad way. It's just a very pleasant movie that's yeah. fun and enjoyable and very well conceived. Um, Would you call it just straight up a comedy or no? It's considered a comedy. Um, yeah, I, that's... <laughs> It doesn't seem like when I think of a comedy, I wouldn't I wouldn't immediately jump to the sting. Right. But it can't be called a drama. No. It's, it's And I wouldn't even call it like a heist movie. It's like a caper. Yeah. Like a kind ca- of. And when I think of a caper, I think of something that's kind of like goofy right. and heightened. Like a heist can be like very precise. You know, you can get like a Melville film in there or something like that. Yeah. This is a caper film. Yeah. You know, or a con film, I guess, which can be fun and, and goofy. And I think, silly. I think a con film, that's a good description of it. Cause I, then I can, that makes me think of other films that, yeah, that sort of go with that, that fit into that category. Um, and so, but yeah, as far as best pictures go, the sting doesn't seem like a best picture. It all, it, rem- it sort of reminds me of the artist. Yeah, actually, that's a pretty good comparison. Another film that was considered a comedy. Yeah, but but it's not like a. It's a different type of comedy. It's not right. like a. And I think it, I think both films got a lot of recognition. No, me wrong. I like the artist, as do yeah, you. Yeah. I lo- I love the Sting. Um, but it almost seems like the films got a lot of Oscar recognition because they were such thoroughly conceived throwbacks to a different era. Hmm. you know okay. the sting takes place in the 19th it's got that marvin hamlish score it's mm-hmm. you know the the i mean it won all these technical awards yeah for like art direction costume design for recreating that era and you know both films are pretty slight you're not going to walk away feeling deeply engaged on an emotional level but you'll walk away thinking like that was a very that was a very fun time at the movies that was very well conceived like you know, The Sting has won more Oscars than The Godfather. Yeah. Which won three Oscars. The Sting has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of them. Like, that's crazy to think about. And I feel like we're crapping, I'm crapping on The Sting right now. I'm not. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love that it won Best Picture, but the tone of it doesn't seem like a Best Picture. Yeah. Unless you want to look at it in a, in a slightly different, it's like the artist. But I feel like the instinct to aw- nominate and award the Sting Best Picture, it's the same instinct that drove in the 50s and 60s like musicals. I was to about win. to say that same thing. I was like, it's the same, it's the same type of mentality that, that has musicals win. Because it almost seems like, it, as far as the tone, it seems like it could be a musical without the music. Yeah, absolutely. It? Like, yeah. If you were to take a lot of famous musicals and just take out all the songs, especially a lot of the ones that won Best Picture in the 60s, yeah. that's, it's kind of what they're like. They're a little bit, there's not a whole lot of uh, substance to them in terms of the themes, but they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, they move quickly. Uh, they have a lot of very charismatic characters in them. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of humorous moments, if not, and just moments of levity throughout. And then think about the role that the score played in this like Mm -hmm. you know remove the songs from musicals and they feel like the sting but then also think of how how big of a role marvin hamlish's score played in the sting like Mm -hmm. people remember a lot now i know that he didn't do the the entertainer people think of the entertainer in regards to the sting but marvin hamlish like tailored his score to feel like that and there's there's not always music but there's a lot of music in Mm -hmm. that film like there's a there's 
definitely a, a whimsical musical quality to even the way the film is put together uh, from an editing standpoint. Um, so uh, for those that haven't seen it, it's about uh, a long con that these guys pull on a an Irish mobster who killed uh, the friend of the main character played by Robert Redford. And so it's just the details of that. It's just the intricacies of it. And I think that's part of the fun is, you know, with, with so many con movies, you see some of what they do, but you don't see. And I guess that's the thing is like with con movies, you don't often see the details of the con. But with heist movies, you often see the details of what... So that's why this feels... It's definitely a con movie, but it feels like a heist movie as well mm. because you see all of the all of the behind the scenes. Um, but it is definitely... But it's also that ending where you're not quite sure where loyalties lie and people seem to get shot but maybe aren't. Um, and that's that's right out of a con movie. That's yeah. not, a, not a heist film. So... Um, yeah, because like throughout... If, if I remember correctly, like I say, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but there's kind of cons going on throughout the film where you were, you're on the cons, you're in the cons corner and you know, you sure. know everything that's going on and you're seeing if they'll get away with it. You'll still, yeah. you're on the side wondering if it's going to take. And then at the end of the film, they kind of switch you to the other side of a con where yeah. you're not so much sure what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a brilliant way to tell a story yeah. um, because, you know, it, it's almost like a practical joke. I mean, con movies are kind of that where, where you're putting, you're pulling the practical joke and you're in on it, you know? So you're kind of the, you're with the cool kids. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they flip it around and it turns out the whole thing was a, kind of a, a practical joke on you. And suddenly you're like, Oh no, what's, but you still enjoy it because in this case, they still, they reveal at the end that, oh no, this thing that you thought, when you thought things went out of control, they didn't, everything's fine. Um, and so it ends with like a, a wonderful, uh, like a wink and that fun little nose gesture that I have incorporated into my everyday life. <laughs> um, because to me it is the, and I do it with people that haven't seen the sting, but I feel like the little, the, that little, like, yeah, everybody knows that one everyone right knows that that little nose flick thing, it's saying we're, you and I are in on something like it's, it's uh, that along with, uh, the role that the, the entertainer has played. Um, I feel like those are the big cultural takeaways from, from the sting. Uh, but yeah, I believe it was, I think it was number one at the box office that year. I don't remember. It was either that or the exorcist, I think. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just such a, and in that, I guess maybe in that same way, like thinking in terms of musicals, you know, this was a crowd pleaser that was mm -hmm. really well conceived and well executed. So why wouldn't we give it best picture? Um, and when you look at the other movies that came out that year, there's not a whole lot of competition when it, when you think of best picture type material. Um, there's some, obviously, but uh, but yeah. Um, so just to go through a couple of things. So Paul Newman and Robert Redford, they are both in it. They were also Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, which was directed by the same guy, George, George Roy Hill, whose name is hard to say. <laughs> um, and they have a wonderful chemistry. It seems strange to me that Robert Redford was nominated for actor. Like, I don't remember there being anything particularly notable about his performance as opposed to Paul Newman's. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not that Robert Redford is bad in the film. He is, yeah. he's very good, but it's, it seems weird to, cause the two of them Why go so well together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I honestly think that Paul Newman does a better job with it, but whatever. Mm. Um, and then Robert Shaw in his heyday, cause I think he passed away only a few years after Jaws, but in the sixties and seventies, he was yeah. doing great work and he's, uh, he does a great job in this. Um, because one thing that, uh, I think I was listening to the oceans 11 commentary and that had Brad Pitt, Matt Damon and Andy Garcia. And they talk about, and, and, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon are very complimentary of Andy Garcia because they said, this guy needs to be a threat and yet be completely duped. Yeah. And yet still seem like a feasible threat. Yeah. He needs to be fooled and not be seen as a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly the same thing. You know, and when you, and they said, when you think about it, like there are 12 of us against one of him and it needs to seem like a fair fight. Yeah. And that's exactly how it is with, uh, Robert Shaw in this, like he's a powerful gangster. He's very ruthless and very cunning. But, uh, and I love that there's a wonderful little moment. Uh, Ray Walston is in the film and he's marvelous. I love Ray Walston and basically everything. And there's a moment when, he's advising uh, Robert Redford and uh, Paul Newman about going into a card game with Doyle Lonigan played by Robert Shaw. And he's describing the way Shaw plays cards. And I remember there's a wonderful little bit of dialogue that Ray Walston sells really well, where he says, and he cheats <laughs> pretty good at it too. <laughs> and I just, I love the idea that like, they do a really good job of building up that this guy's not merely powerful and dangerous, but also he's good at, the stuff that they're good at. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, the, and there's a lot of, it's a really great cast. Charles Durning is in it. Uh, Dana Elkar, who I know primarily from MacGyver, he is in <laughs> it. Um, Eileen Brennan, who I'm a big fan of. So it's a great ensemble. It's a really, really great movie. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. I guarantee you, I, this, I don't guarantee things very often. Oh, I guarantee, guarantee. this is a Tyler Smith, gar- Tyler Smith exclusive. <laughs> You will enjoy the sting. It is, I think it is physically impossible not to hmm. like even, even, you know, stupid kids, uh, <laughs> that's a reference to something that happened a month and a half ago. <laughs> um, see if you can figure like, it out. Like even, even kids that would say like, Oh, such and such is boring. They might, they might see this thing as boring because maybe they're just not used to that rhythm. But I feel like the pacing is like, it goes fast. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, and I would recommend you rewatch it. I think you would enjoy it. Maybe probably even more now than you did at the time. Don't tell me what to do. I simply re- made a recommendation. <laughs> I didn't say, Hey, nobody says, don't tell me what to do more than me. Okay. <laughs> On Twitter and elsewhere. <laughs> so I try to word things. I say, I recommend you do this, not go and do this. See, that's me telling you what to do. Mm. Now, if you'd said, don't recommend, don't recommend me what, me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really quick, let's look at these other Best Picture nominees. You have American Graffiti, Cries and Whispers, The Exorcist, and A Touch of Class. That is such a weird uh, combination of of nominations. I've not seen A Touch of Class. I started watching Cries and Whispers at one point and stopped when I realized that it was 1 a.m. And that that's not the movie I wanted to be watching at that time of night. Uh, I've seen American Graffiti. I've seen The Exorcist. Uh, I'm sure you love Cries and Whispers. I'm sure it's your favorite movie of all time. It's amazing. Um, But like... To have, okay, The Sting, which you already talked about, like, fun Hollywood period piece. Uh, you got American Graffiti, 
that that almost doesn't make sense to me as a best picture nominee like i, I guess it's the indie outlier sort of and there's a nostalgia thing to it and it was it, you know what actually that also might have been like in the running for for a highest grossing film of the year like it was Maybe. very popular yeah. i think american graffiti is very very good and like the sting it also is a different era yeah. And one that, uh, there was a lot of 1950s nostalgia in the 1970s. True. Yeah. Happy days. Which came from American Graffiti. Yeah. Um, so, like, but that's such a totally different type of movie. Then you get Cries and Whispers. That That's, all of these movies are Wait, totally- you mean to say that that's not light and airy like this thing is? <laughs> I feel like all of these movies are completely unlike all of the other movies. I don't feel, I don't feel like that happens very often. And they're sort of, they're sort of, categories that things fall into and some of these can still do that i guess if you think of american graffiti as the indie outlier uh cries and whispers as the foreign film that sometimes is able to right make it in with the or at the very least like the dour yeah. uh kind of thing yeah it's very serious the the exorcist is a thing that is uh, able to do genre in a way that still can court the uh the uh prestige piece yeah thing and directed by a guy that had just won an oscar two right. years before yeah and then touch of class i know i don't know anything about it's always fun going through uh these best picture things because when you look at the nominees there's often one or two that and i've heard good things about a touch of class i know nothing about it i know that it, i think it won um some acting awards that year i feel like peter o'toole is in it did i make that up you're thinking of um touch of evil Supergirl. <laughs> Supergirl. I believe he is in Supergirl. I'm not 100% on that. I think he is. Uh, the TV show that's coming out? Now? Yep. He's back. They do a digital thing. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, a touch of class. I think I think George Siegel is in it. I know that. Um, and I think it's just kind of a maybe like a kitchen sink kind of drama. Like a, like a very, okay. uh, like an ordinary people type thing, but maybe not as heavy as that. Okay. Or an unmarried um, woman or something. Yeah. But I, but I genuinely don't know. But huh. it's one of those that just, you know, time remembers the sting, time remembers American Graffiti and The Exorcist, certainly. Yeah. And then film fans and Bergman fans know Cries and Whispers. Right. A Touch of Class is just one of those movies that like was probably a big deal at the time. Yeah. And I'm and it could be great. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of movies that I've seen that I love that people have forgotten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um and uh but it is just sort of evaporated, especially alongside these other films. Yeah. Is Peter O'Toole in a touch of mink? Is that what I'm thinking of? I don't know. No, I gotta know. That's probably like I'll a, figure it out. You can probably, yeah, you can figure that off, Mike. So other notable 1973 releases. There was a lot, uh, there were a lot of movies, a lot of, uh, like, culturally significant movies uh, in 1973. There was, among others, there was Last Tango in Paris. There's mm-hmm. Paper Moon, which I love. I don't know if you've ever seen Paper Moon. I haven't, actually. That's one that, I, that needs to be on my list of You would love it. I guarantee you would love it. There's another guarantee. Listen to that. This is guaranteed just for you, though. Guaranteed all over um, the place today. Uh, Badlands, Terrence Badlands Malick I film. Enjoy. Uh, Day for Night. Day for Night is a that's, that's a that's, good one. That might be one of my favorite movies about making movies, about the actual process yeah, of making movies. It's a lot of fun, and just how horrible people can be. Um, <laughs> Don't look now, which I've never seen, but I've heard good things about. Enter the Dragon. Uh, the Holy Mountain, which I've never seen, but I've seen parts of it. I just saw that recently for the first time. How'd you like it? Uh, hard to say because no. it's hard to say what you're watching for yeah. most of it. Um, 
<laughs> there's like no dialogue for a lot of the first part of it. And like, I think in the first oh, so it's scene, like Wally. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, very much like Wally. So if I like Wally, I'll like the then Holy Then you'll Mountain. like the Holy Mountain. Okay, yeah, got they're, it. They're the, I, I think I was saying to, uh, to my wife, Megan, afterwards, I couldn't decide what I liked more. Uh, the elongated scene where they show a man uh, using some kind of machinery to transform his feces into gold or the part where a giant that has leopard heads for breasts, uh, I believe he attacks someone or maybe he gets his head cut off. So not only does he have breasts, but they are in fact leopard. They heads. are leopard heads. Okay, and I think s- blood or milk or something shoots out of them. And I think it's milk. Uh, I've uh, yes, I have seen that. There's also a lady in a tree made of chickens. Uh, she throws a sword at somebody, I think, or cuts somebody's oh, okay. head off. All right. Oh, so it's like the lady in the lake. There's like a, a King Arthur thing. Sure, maybe. Okay, I get it. So what you're saying is, if I liked Excalibur. Then or you'll first love night, the Holy Mountain. I would love the Holy Mountain. It, so much of the movie, and I haven't seen any other, is it Jodorowsky or Jodorowsky? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any of his other movies, but it, much of the movie feels like uh, he had maybe children arranged like a, j- just just name something. And then he made like a wheel with all of the things that the children had named. And he would just spin it a few times and be like, okay, that's what we're doing. Or maybe he just took a bunch of children's drawings and said, I will realize these in one story. Yeah. Story is probably pretty loose. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it's a film that I've been wanting to see for a long time, but I also recognize I need to prepare myself. I'm sure it makes, yeah. uh, I'm sure it makes house look like the, the, you know, oh. uh, a Jim Jarmish film. Yeah. At least house has like a through line. Yeah. <laughs> this one at times does. Um, um, yeah. A few other movies that uh, came out in 73 that I've heard good. Th- I've never seen the last detail. I've heard great things about it. That's what Jack Nicholson. I, I've seen that one. Yes, that is a good one. Uh, the long goodbye. I'm a big fan of that. That's one I, I haven't seen, but I, I own like it. I'll lend it to you. You should watch it. Oh Yeah. Don't tell See, me what I there should we, do. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, mean Streets, uh, which is not Scorsese's first film, but it is one that really kind of distinguished him. Um, yeah, he'd I feel done, like it's he'd the first. Done, uh, he'd done like Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, so he'd gotten some recognition here and there, but this is the one that sort of made him Martin Scorsese. I, yeah, I think so. That's the first where you see his like his whole tough guys yeah. New York thing. Um, then you have... Sleeper and Soylent Green and Spirit of the Beehive, Westworld, The Wicker Man. Like 73 was a, a, There's a, a lot of good movies. A lot of good ones. Spirit of the Beehive is one that a lot of people don't know of, but I, that I love. I have, uh, I have not seen it. Uh, I did not go to that movie night when you guys watched it. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to movie night in a long time. I'm sorry about that. That's Josh, right. I'm sorry. Well, do you forgive me? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> you're so, oh, oh, there's Supergirl. You're so vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Peter O'Toole wasn't Supergirl. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like looking at these other 1973 films and thinking in terms of like best picture, you know, I'm fine with the Sting winning best picture. Um, I mean, an argument could probably be made for Badlands. Mm-hmm. An argument could probably be made for maybe Mean Streets, but I don't think, you know, I don't think they're... I don't think they were ready for that. I mean, a few years yeah. later, you'd get Taxi Driver. Um, 
I could see something like Last Tango in Paris being nominated too. I think it was maybe too edgy at the time. Maybe it was like an NC. I, I, I didn't think they had NC. It was an X. Um, yeah. It was it was nominated for director and actor. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and there's a. I'm sure there's some other. Oh, Serpico was that year. Uh, the Paper Chase. Um, so yeah, there there are a lot of movies. Um, that were notable, but I don't think there are any that are, are like the clear choice to win best picture over the sting. Yeah. Um, or at least if there are, they were already nominated for picture. Um, I would pick the sting over the exorcist. I would pick the sting over American graffiti. I've heard wonderful things about cries and whispers and the 10 minutes of it that I watched, uh, was just like, I got to return to this when it's not 1am and I, when I can appreciate <laughs> it more. Um, do you, would you, prefer, well, you haven't seen the sting in a while. It's been a long But I'm time. sure you'd pr- probably prefer Bergman over almost anything, right? Uh, I mean, in a lot of cases, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're so predictable. I would say the, the, it's hard to compare those two movies. It's kind of an apples and oranges thing. But if I had to say there was one thing that I liked better about Cries and Whispers, I think I would say, I, I think sort of aesthetically and visually what he's doing is more interesting. And it's odd because they both have that Scott Joplin music. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you knew some of the things that happen in that movie, that makes that so much funnier. Oh yeah. I, and, I was uh, just watching for 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'm, I'm about to make a fun joke. Um, okay. So I think we will probably uh, leave it there. Uh, if you have any uh, comments or questions, you're welcome to email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com, or you can leave them on the website. Uh, I think that is it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I guess. Maybe. Or Happy New Year. Or Happy or Thanksgiving. Happy Halloween. I, look, or, I don't know. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Um, we have a new president. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.